Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Today, we are releasing Super Bowl 55 special with the one and only Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. Ladies, it's a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. We couldn't think of anybody better to join to talk about the Super Bowl, not just the event itself, not just the ads themselves, but the totality of the surround sound. This podcast is about bravery in commerce. Last year, VaynerMedia had some pretty audacious spots out there. We don't want to just talk about what you've got going on. I want to get your point of view on like, let's start with connective tissue. How much of online, offline connectivity do you think we're going to see with brands for the Super Bowl? Not enough. My intuition, which I'd love to be wrong about, is the Super Bowl remains a creative showcase for agencies and brands and has not enough utilitarian thinking behind it. Now, I haven't seen the lineup of who's doing spots, but if there are some more progressive internet-based companies, you may see a little bit more connecting. But in general, they're still way too much bought up by the biggest brands in the world to do something with a celebrity at it for awareness and call it a day. You know, I'm a humongous Super Bowl fan from the cost of the media distribution because I care a lot about common sense, actual consumption not impressions and MMAs and things of that nature. And there's nothing like Super Bowl in the world, let alone America, because the sport of watching the commercials is real. People are excited to watch the commercial. I'm excited about what we got for Scott's. I think it's pushing the envelope a little bit. I, I do think it's an incredible brand opportunity. I think when you nail the Larry Bird, you know, Michael Jordan spot for McDonald's, I, have, I think that has trickling down impact. Apple and all the other things that Budweiser was uh, like, like it works. It matters. I love brand. But in 2021, where every single person has a phone in their hand ready to do something, whether say this commercial stinks or is awesome or do something, I don't think there's enough connecting. Good point. It's something that we've been seeing for like a decade, more than a decade, actually. Remember when people would put their URL at the bottom. And then they would say, Google us and like us and follow us. And then some online sweepstakes or whatever it is. Is there going to be a connectivity to commerce? Like one thing that we saw, Hellman's did a preview of their spot. I, I mean, it's not the whole thing. It's just some Amy Schumer thing. Not just some Amy Schumer thing, but you don't know what the spot's about yet. And Amy did not appreciate that. Well, <laughs> you know, she should listen, subscribe. And if she wants to be a guest, we can have her. But Right now, if you look at actually who's owning search results for Hellman's on Amazon, six out of 10 times, Hellman's is getting the paid search spot, but Blue Plate's getting it 14% of the time. 
By the way, Miracle Grow is rocking it. So good job, Gary. 74% share. Yeah. But, Let's go. You know, look at Pringles. You got 52%, and Ritz is taking 20. Yeah. I mean, this begs the question of long term versus short term ROI. I was comparing Profitero data to Micmac data, Sarah, to see where there was overlap. And if you look at who's advertising in the Super Bowl, it's pretty much just Kellogg's where there's direct overlap into they're going to be doing a commercial and they have a large share of voice within e-com. Everyone else, not really advertising in the Super Bowl from a TV standpoint. So it begs the question of the role of a Super Bowl spot and whether we would actually want short-term ROI directly connected to e-com versus long-term brand gains. I, I think the answer is both. There's no reason not to aspire to both. And I think the most creative executions can achieve both. You know, you're going to have creative brand people who think a URL or a phone number sweeps dirties up the thing, right? Then you've got Squarespace and GoDaddy who've been laughing at people for years because they've been driving their business with it because they've had more direct short-term business impacts. Both can fail, both can succeed. And I think there's executions that can achieve both. So my brain's very and and both and yes, instead of no or or can't. I think we still have a long way to go to win these great Super Bowl spots of modern time. But that was a very big ambition of VaynerMedia's on the Scots. And I'm excited for you two to see it. Yeah, absolutely. It is interesting though, Rachel, you, you brought up certain brands are in, certain brands are out. Kimberly Clark, they're doing their first foray. They're relaunching the Huggies brand. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see if they connect any dots there as well. I mean, that's a recurring purchase that's like super prime for e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Scott's Miracle Grow is perfect for Super Bowl right now just because it's right before gardening season. It's like you're priming the pump from a big splash perspective. It makes a ton of sense, but you got to connect that dot to purchase. So what do we think is missing? Is it the fact that Super Bowl commercials are being developed in a vacuum with the creative team and they're not involving demand planning, supply chain? Yes. Like, What does it take to have an omni-channel Super Bowl approach? Leadership on the brand side mm-hmm. who says, there's incredible creative shops that I admire tremendously of the talent, creative talent they have. Droga, Nomly, Crispin, wine, whatever. Wine's incredible. Like they're the service provider. I don't blame them. My dad said something when I was a kid and I didn't realize, but it was a very famous Russian saying. He said it in Russian actually, but I'll translate it. You have to say it in Russian now. <laughs> Let me translate it first because I want to make a point and then I'll, uh, I'll save it. But musica. So it basically translates to whoever pays for the music gets to pick the song. And I'm incredibly passionate of telling my friends on the brand side. I'm like, look, you're blaming the agencies a lot of times when I start a combo with somebody, they're like, oh, blah, 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 that's terrible. I'm like, mm, look, you're going to say that about us as well if you don't give clarity and if you don't really control it because you're in control. And so if you're signing off the check on having Jamie Foxx, who I think is brilliant and it's funny, and I have no idea if Jamie Foxx is in a commercial this year or not because I'm just randomly picking out somebody I like, I'd be pumped up, Jamie, because I think he's an uncomfortably big talent and you like what it's doing and it's brand fine. But you can't blame the agency of not coming with that thinking if you have that thinking in your head. I keep yelling at my team when I say yelling, inspiring, like, team, we have to get paid to think first, and then we can talk about everything else we do, right? To me, it's an interesting relationship between the agencies and the brand. But I would say, let me promise you this. Brand leaders who want an omni-channel execution of Superspot will get it every time. 
agencies who are trying to push for one will not get it every time because somebody's paying for the music. I know you two carry a lot of weight in this industry and I hope brand leaders, decision makers are listening and realize they have full control. You know what they don't have? They don't have the partners. It starts at like, how serious are you taking this conversation at all? Right? If you don't have the partners for the thinking, you almost feel like you can't get that. So you're almost resigned to like, let this great creative agency just show me their best idea. Yeah, that's a really important point. It was about 10 years ago, Dana Anderson, who was then, I think, the CMO of Kraft, said, clients get the agencies they deserve and agencies get the clients they deserve. A lot of that just kind of comes back based on what are you shooting for? What are you trying to achieve? If this year was supposed to be the year that people move to buying shit online and you've got your phone in your hand when you're sitting in the den and you see a Pringles ad come on, at minimum, add the damn thing to your cart or inspire somebody to add the damn thing to your cart. Like this isn't rocket science. Does that seem too direct responsy? You're preaching to the choir. I think the big opportunity that we're all waiting for is a retail OTT integration. You saw the headline recently with the trade desk and Walmart Connect, but where is the conversation of Walmart Connect and NBC? Yeah, I mean, the reality is this. (laughs) We're having the age-old conversation of sales and branding, sales and marketing. We're just having it in a 2021 context way. So when does somebody wake up? When do people wake up? People are waking up. They just don't tend to look like the following. Early, early stage direct to consumer because they're just on sales to try to get their CAC and LTV numbers going. Or anybody that the three of us work with. Corporate America, Fortune 5000 land is not there at all. Where you're seeing wake up is in that middle, in those gym sharky type things that are doing real revenue. Nine, 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 nine figures, even 10 figures in revenue a year, but they came from this world and they're five to seven years old. That's the only place you're really seeing it where both disciplines are dancing properly with each other, and which is really the holy grail. I do think that the Fortune 500 landscape has the potential. I think all three of us do, hence why we find ourselves flirting around these waters because there's other things we could be doing. I think the Fortune 500 landscape is going to be forced to do it because these middle companies I'm talking about, the ones doing 100 million to a billion, are starting to bother the biggest companies in the world because they're taking real market share, which is why we're starting to see at least the smoke of behavior, even though all three of us have been thinking about this stuff for a decade, right? So I think we're on our way a little bit. And then what you're going to have is a watershed moment. Ironically, Sarah, you were very close to a watershed moment. The Oreo Super Bowl thing was a watershed moment, right? There was a moment where a social media thing happened very early on that really captured the imagination of the industry. And it got people to get more serious about thinking about their creative in social. Whether it's a Super Bowl or whether it's something else, somebody's going to come out with a branding and sales brand and DTC thing, execution, that's going to get everybody envious and focused. That's how it always happens. Gary, we're going to look to you to inspire that. Yeah, listen, we have something that I'm very inspired by for Sunday. I think we really got something. Is it like in my brain exactly how I would do it? No, because that never happens from an agency owner standpoint. Is it something that I think the two of you are going to be like, "Uh uh-huh, I do. And to me, I'd much rather have the small 3% that knows what's going on say, "Uh uh-huh, than have, let's say, the ones that have an ideology to one side or the other 
say that's not good. And so I think there's smoke, which is a lot more fun than it's just still being debate. And so I think we're getting closer. So uh, we've covered the age old topic of brand versus commerce. I'd love to get into the details a little bit with commerce for a second. There is an industry stat out there that right now, only 25% of Americans plan to actually gather for the Super Bowl. So at home party gathering, uh, way lower, the lowest it's ever been. Of course. Of course. Rachel, there's a global pandemic. I don't recommend it. But I'm saying a lot of us work across clients where stockpiling for the Super Bowl was a guarantee. CPG, booze. So how are you, both of you, preparing your clients right now for probably what will be their lowest Super Bowl sales ever in grocery and spirits? I can tell you from our clients, because I've had a lot of meetings last week and I had already several this morning, their business overall is so much greater because the off-premise bar restaurant world is gone that they don't give a crap. Meaning, of course, they give a crap, but like they care about business and overall their business is up. So Mm -hmm. the end. We're seeing the same exact thing. At this point, it's all about PPA. Not to get like super geeky, but are you selling the right pack size for the right party? So as long as you've got like the right pack and mix, then you're going to be happy because it's not that fewer people are going to be watching the Super Bowl. I think IRI reported that it's going to be the same kind of viewership. So the parties will be smaller. There's just be more screens being watched. Doesn't mean you're going to be eating any less. In fact, they're predicting that cost is going to go up. Investment is going to go up. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be on smaller quantities across more people. And what do we make of folks that we've all worked with, like Coca-Cola, Olay, Avocados of Mexico, not advertising in the Super Bowl this year? To me, it's a non-event. To me, it's just serendipity of strategy, timing, different things. Budweiser's AOR, I have a very good sense of why they're not in this one. It has to do with there's things that are working. And again, this is a funny one for me because I genuinely believe Super Bowl is the spot. Ironically, even though we've been the AOR, we haven't been doing the Budweiser Super Bowl spots the last two years because they go a little bit more in the way of things that I'm not as excited about, right? And we've had our at-bats and they've subjectively decided, and I actually like how Budweiser does it. They bring a lot of different people's thinking to the table. It's a big bet. And I'm the kind of AOR guy that I'm like, that's a stupid term and you should, this is business. You should never be locked into anything. And if you think you can get something better, what have you. I'm excited that our behaviors, which are a little bit more locked into business, creative sales and brand are working so well that I think they want to fund it more. And so money's got to come from somewhere. So that may be going on in other places as well. I can't speak to other places as easily or with as much knowledge. And even my purview into Budweiser, there's always macro things above my pay grade that are going on at a client level. And so I just think it is complete serendipity. I'm I'm sure there's brand leaders who made the subjective call that less people would watch Super Bowl spots because of the parties. I actually think it's going to be the other way around. Mm -hmm. I think with less gathering, there's less chance to get into a conversation about the teacher at third grade that you hate and you both get into it during a commercial and you kind of missed it. Or like everybody knows these parties, there are people there actually for the commercials, not the game, but you got into a good conversation during the game. It did go to commercial, you actually missed it. So now that we're going to be two fours and sixes at home, I actually think this will be the most consumed commercials in Super Bowl history. And I think some people might have made the wrong calculations going into it. And that's why they're not on budget restraints. There's certain brands. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't speak for Coke's business. I have no knowledge, but I know that they're a major off-premise player. 
Again, maybe people who follow Wall Street, they report this kind of stuff, but maybe they just feel that. There's always some rationale. Rachel, I think that brings us, Sarah, to our favorite moment. That it does. Gary, we both know you really well, but I have no idea what you're about to say. Yes. What is the bravest thing that you've ever done? I have done several brave things and I'm trying to decide which one I want to share with you because they're all over the place. Let me give you the one that first came to my head right this second. The fear I had of swimming is unparalleled. My fear of swimming at eight years old would be like your fear of being in prison for 30 years in a third world country. I was like petrified. This is not where I thought this was going. Yep. Yep. Not even a little bit. Me either. Listen, I'm trying to think of brave. Like, oh, it's great. Keep going. I love it. Nothing I've ever done in business is brave compared to like real life because it's such a safe place for me. I- I'm shocked at my fearlessness in business for two reasons. One, I have a lot of natural skills and now experience and don't value money. So when you're not scared to lose the money, you're never really scared. I value money from like, I need a roof over my head, but I have such a wild relationship with money. Like pretty much the reason I think I love business so much is I know it doesn't matter, which may confuse people if they don't really know me, but that's my life. That's why that could never be that. It is literally, I think, swimming or... Big shout out to my sister, Liz Novello. Both of these stories are going to involve her. She's going to love it because she's always mad that nobody knows that she exists and everyone knows AJ. So this is good. I was almost nine. We were at a swim club in New Jersey, like visiting like a family and they took us to the swim club. And I heard from a distance, I was playing knock hockey for all the people that know what that is. That's just this game, right? You always find yourself playing at a swim club on the East Coast. Very good side of the thumbsy. I was playing knock hockey and I heard my mom cheering and I knew something was going on. I looked back, my six-year-old sister is swimming. I'm still not swimming. Literally, as my mom is cheering for my sister, I jump out of my game, run to the pool, jump into the pool. I'm super scared to swim. I'm an eight and a half year old not swimming. Think about how scared I was. And I just taught myself how to swim on the spot because I couldn't fathom the thought that my sister started swimming before me. The only other thing I can think of is when my sister was super young, my mom told me I was petrified of cockroaches because we lived in Queens and they were everywhere. We didn't live in the fanciest Queens spots when we first emigrated to America. My mom had stepped away for something and my sister was just home, like two months old, and a cockroach was crawling into her bassinet or whatever the heck she was in and I grabbed it and threw it on the ground and stepped on it. My mom literally told that story for 20 years because she's a fan of her kids. So those, those stand out. I love the competitive spirit. You see, you look at that swim story as like a bravery story, which it is, which it certainly is. It also is like 100% the competitive spirit as well. 100%. All we need is for your sister to make a bid for the New York Jets. (laughs) A moment a second. Makes you know me so well. That is awesome. (laughs) Gary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Well, thank you, folks. There's no better person to learn about Super Bowl and commerce than Gary Vaynerchuk. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, 
forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.